It's Talking Twins and more with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast with myself, Nix, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-host from twinfo.com.au, Naomi Dolan. Hello, how are you going this week? Hello, very good, Nikki. Another week. Oh, How are I'm, you? I'm good. I am good. You know, plugging along with the whole twin life, uh, dealing with loads of competition at the moment, but we've hit the five and a half stage. So a uh, bit of battle of competition, but that's okay. That's to be expected. We, um, we have just had an amazing thing where we had a school sports carnival and one just wiped the field and got first in everything and then got the age championship medal. She did get one second though and my son came up and I held up the ribbons to him and his face fell and I thought, oh, because he hadn't got a single ribbon and she had, you know, seven. And um, he went, oh, and I was like, it's okay, mate, we're all good at different things. And then he went, no, she's got a red one. I was hoping they'd all be first. Oh, how beautiful. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh anyway, my so when, I just wanted to share so that. So a little bit of a, when we reach double digits, there's some hope of them actually less fighting, a bit more supportive then. That is correct. What an awesome moment for you as a mum of multiples though. It was indeed. So there you go. And I think that our next guest, Kate, is going to have a few things like this because she is going to have four under four. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe how much this woman has on her plate. We're going to find out more next when we chat to Kate on Talking Twins and More. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast. And joining us, as we said, is Kate. Hello, Kate. How are you going? Good, thank you. How are you guys? We are fantastic. Fabulous. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you have quite the adventure. Let's kick it off with the fact that um, you are going to end up with four under four. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep, that's me. <gasps> oh, my gosh. You see, I can't even – Nikki and I only have the twins. So we love talking to families that have other, other siblings and trying to work out how it all fits into the dynamic and everything like that because, I mean – there's no word of a lie. Nikki and I have both found this journey challenging, and that's just with the two. Um, and so, yeah, you've got an extra two. Well, nearly an extra two. So one and a half. Yeah. One and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about it. Uh, your so family. my family, I've got my big boy who's not that big. He's only two. Um, he's Joseph. So he is three in August. Um, and he came to us after a couple of years of trying to start our family and not getting particularly far on our own. So we went down the IVF, or IVF route, but down the fertility specialist route. Um, and then we ended up having to take Clomid because it was a polycystic ovaries on my part that was sort of stopping up the journey. Oh, um, how did you cope with the Clomid? Um, it wasn't too bad. It seems my like friend forever ago now. My friend, one of my best friends used Clomid and um, she actually threw a letter that her husband had. I was going to say, it did make me very ragey. Okay. <laughs> yes, she was probably, so ragey. I was and teaching, I um, sorry, I was teaching grade, what grade was I teaching? Grade six at the time. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and I had to really work to filter because you usually I'm excellent at turning off the teacher 
uh, and turning on the normal person and then switching it back again when I'm talking to children. But it was really hard. <laughs> it was really well, hard. That, be, because that I, mean, I just always think of my friend who is not a violent person and would never normally throw something at her husband. <laughs> but she just rang me in tears saying, I've just thrown a letter at his head. Oh <laughs> um, and she said, oh, this is not me. I hate this. Yeah, so, thankfully yeah. it was only um, first go on Clomid and we were lucky oh, enough wow. to conceive, which was amazing. So for people um, who might not understand, so, I'm just going to slow you down there, guys, because for people who might not understand, can you talk us through what it is and possibly why it causes that sort of um, hormonal rage, I'm guessing. Is that right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's a um, tablet that you take, Clomid, and it induces ovulation because my issue was that I either wouldn't ovulate or I'd have these ridiculously long cycles where we just couldn't time it right ourselves. Like it could be 60 days of a cycle and we just couldn't right. work out when in that 60 days that I might ovulate, if at all. Um, so yeah, it's this tablet that you take and it's basically a prescription of how to make a baby. Send you off with this prescription for five days and you've got to take the tablet for five days and it kickstarts that cycle of ovulation and then you get told you have to have sex every second day for 10 days. <laughs> it's very unromantic, but um, it's a trick for us. Um, and then I think mostly the rage comes from like the just a big boost of hormones that your body's not necessarily used to. Oh, there you go. Just, I just thought in case people don't know, that's really good because uh, it's something that I'm yeah, not familiar sure. with. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad it worked. Yeah, without and too many lettuces worked. being thrown that's at heads. Right. I was about to say, I'm glad it worked without you throwing a lettuce at anybody. Yeah, no, <laughs> lettuces were harmed in the making of our first which is excellent. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, then we that he was the unicorn pregnancy as far as he was so textbook came at thirty nine weeks spontaneous labour. Uh, the like obstetrician told me that I wasn't allowed to speak to any of the other girls in the labour and delivery ward after delivery because they would have slapped me if they'd known how straightforward his birth was. <laughs> Given wow, like fantastic, which yeah. Um, very fortunate for obviously being first time parent. I didn't realise how lucky I was at the time to have it so perfect. Um, obviously, it still really hurt. It wasn't all just easy peasy, but as far as complications go, he was as easy as they come. Um, and then sort of stayed the same as a day. He was a pretty easygoing kid. So we thought, you know, he's one year old. We took a while to have our first baby. Let's try again once he turns one. Um, and that, again, my cycles were wacky, things weren't happening, so we went back to our specialist. And he said, cool, yeah, we can do the climate again. That worked for you last time. And we did one round and my period came and I was like, oh, bugger, that's okay. I shouldn't get my hopes up that it works first go every time. Um, and so I'm not sure what happened along the way because I had the blood testing done and he said, no, you definitely ovulated, but you're definitely not pregnant. I had this small bleed at the start and I thought, okay, well, that's obviously my period. And then nothing for a number of weeks and then found out that I was actually pregnant. I never, I actually did conceive on that first cycle again. Wow. wow. Yeah. So I think, I think from what my ob explained, it was likely like that implantation bleeding. Yes. Um, that I mistook for just a normal period and because mine are never normal anyway, you never know what you're going to yeah. get. Um, so, yeah, we um, found out at our dating scan that there was two bubbies in there. Goodness. 
And did they do any kind of um, monitoring in terms of checking how many eggs no. that you were so, going to release or anything? Not at all. And I've had a few friends that I've made along the way that have done IVF as well. And they said that when they had tried Clomid, it was very monitored. They were checking how many follicles and how many eggs were released and do you want to continue if this is going to be a high chance of a multiple conception. And no, it was really just, here's your prescription, take your pills, do the thing and see what happens. Gosh, you could have been our Australian Octo mum. <laughs> Thankfully, not that many all at once, but I could work my way up there one at a time. I was just saying, you, you sound like you're getting there pretty quickly. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is it for us. Definitely, <laughs> we're done. Um, but yeah, that was so. That was the twins. Um, and so, how old are they? So they have just turned eleven months. Okay, so you've got a two-year-old, nearly one-year-old twins, and you're pregnant again. Yeah, I'm twenty-four weeks pregnant with our wonderful little surprise baby. Oh, how lovely. Wow. Congratulations. What Thank a beautiful you. family. Oh, <laughs> but hang on, a surprise baby. So this one yeah. wasn't cloned. Uh No, <laughs> not at all. So um, we, the twins were six months old and we thought, no, we, we might maybe have another baby in the future, maybe once our biggest boy's at school. The twins are quite full on, as you guys, of course, mm. know. Um, so we thought, oh, we'll just hold off and see what happens. Um, but given my history of being very much unable to fall pregnant on my own, we just we were careful, but we weren't as careful as we possibly should have been. Um, and yeah, found out just after Christmas this year that we were expecting another little bubby. My goodness! Oh, wow, that's so exciting. But how also, are you coping? You. How my crazy even have managed to conceive a child with twins? Yeah. As yeah. Where did you find the time? About uh, I do not know. <laughs> we, yeah, I do not know honestly, and it, yeah, it, it boggles everyone's brains of how. <laughs> but here we are. Um, beautiful. How are you coping with now your third pregnancy? You, you've had your one singleton. Everything obviously probably went well. Then you went to the twins. We'll come back to the twin pregnancy and that journey. But how yeah, are you absolutely. coping trying to juggle uh, three of them now and then now make your way through a third pregnancy? It's crazy. I won't even pretend <laughs> like I've got it all together. Uh, just looking around my living room at the moment, there's various piles of clothes and dishes and bits and bobs just everywhere. And you must be exhausted. Um, yeah, it's been quite a lot. Um, it's easier in a way as far as not carrying two babies simultaneously. It's definitely easier on my body as far as that goes. I'm not as big as I was with the twins. I'm definitely not as sore and achy and sick as I was. Um, but chasing two crawling, almost walking 11-month-olds and a very, very energetic two-year-old, it is interesting. Um, but we're finding our feet slowly but surely and I do make sure that when they're napping on daycare days that I'm resting up as well. Um, You'd have to, goodness. Mm. And and we also uh, went down the road of sleep school once I found out I was pregnant so I just couldn't maintain the pace we were doing with their dodgy sleep and me being early days pregnant and yeah, we just oh, yeah. had to get everyone on board of behaving themselves. 
My goodness, yeah, it sounds like you've got wow. A, yeah, mind blowing. Wow, you've got so much on. Um, let's go back to. I, I should ask, what are the sexes of all your various children? And do you, do you know what you're having for your fourth? Okay, or yeah. Is that a surprise? Yeah, so I've been told I'm extremely clever, which I know it has nothing to do with being clever, but I'm going to have two of each. So I've got my oldest boy, I've got boy girl twins, and then new buddy is a little girl. Oh, oh wow, yeah. That you did that for clothing, didn't you? So you can pass all the clothing on to someone. <laughs> oh, for sure, except because we sort of thought, no, we were done, or at least done for a while, I gave away so much. Uh, oh. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I just sort of did a bit of a mad clean out one day. It's no, the babies are out of there, born, and they're three zeros. I'm just going to give them away to everyone on Marketplace. Don't need them. Don't need the baby bath. I'm not going to hold on to all these things. And then found out two weeks later that we're expecting again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's been a bit of a scramble. Lucky I'm part of a, I've got a beautiful group of friends that have said, of course, we'll pass things down to you. That's totally fine. And start from scratch. Oh, oh good. No. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know for me, I just, the minute my babies are out of something, I got rid of it because they just create so much mm. clutter. It takes up so much space. So I, much space. The garage is full. Every bedroom is full of children. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah, definitely piles up. It's no, I was, I was almost a, a relief to get things out the door because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can actually get to that area of the lounge room, you know, particularly when they're on those big... I don't know exosaucer baby things. Oh god, I couldn't wait to get. I couldn't wait to get rid of those. It's funny. I'm just. <laughs> I've got those. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm just about to move house, and um, I'm going through that process of realizing how much stuff I thought I got rid of a heap of stuff, but I've just realized how much stuff I kind of just threw in the shed and in the garage just to kind of get it out of the house. So I've been looking around the house, going, "Oh no, I'm sweet," but it's just all somewhere else. <laughs> oh no, that was quite yeah. Yes, yes, of course, with your move, you'll be discovering all sorts of things. Let's go back to your, your twin journey. Um, we really want to hear more about this because things didn't go necessarily to plan. Um, talk us through, first of all, your pregnancy, I guess, compared to carrying one, then two. We're always interested in how people find, Naomi and I have only ever carried two, so we don't know what it's like. We're always interested to find what the difference was in your pregnancies and how you went with your twin journey. Okay, sure. So... I carried Joseph, my first baby, fairly small. Like I didn't have a bump or much of a bump and even right up until he was born, I looked not very pregnant. Um, and then with the twins, I thought, oh gosh, I'll get huge. I'm going to be enormous. And again, I sort of, in the world of twins, I just wasn't particularly big. And carrying Joey, that didn't bother me so much um, because, I mean, you just say, well, it's your body, it's what it does. But then with the twins, they were actually growth restricted. So um, I did carry quite small because they were only half-sized babies, really. Um, so I did find that a little bit more challenging as far as being told a lot by other people, oh, my gosh, you're tiny, you look so small. And I don't know if that was meant as a compliment, but it did sort of bring up those yuck feelings of, oh, yeah, it's because they're not doing super well and I'm, my body's not giving them enough. And it was really, really sort of hard to hear that. In a way, lockdown saved me from a lot of that because come, I think I was about 18 weeks pregnant when Victoria went into their first lockdown. Um, and then from then on, I was just behind a computer screen. So there was less commentary on how big I was or not big or 
anything like that. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Um, I just, you know, I mean, I was enormous and everyone kept telling me and I got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I never thought about it, it, to be honest, I never thought about it in the other way that you're just mentioning when people say, oh, you're small, um, that you start then to, to wonder about what's going on and things like that. Um, because I used to find I'd say, oh, people, oh, you're enormous. And then I'd say, oh, well, I'm having twins. Oh, well, you're not that big. Yeah, so I mean, they tell me both things in the one, you know, in the one breath. You can't win, not at all. Exactly, never. But yeah, I hadn't actually thought about it that if people kept saying it to you, that it 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 does it starts to mess with you mentally. Yeah, and I think because I'm quite tall, there's a lot of room for the babies, thankfully, because there was two of them, Um, and so I do carry quite. I don't know if they where they sit, but they just have a bit more space, I guess, in my torso. Um, but yeah, it was quite hard hearing or having it discounted as, oh, but no one ever said it directly. But if I said, oh, I'm a bit sore or my hips are a bit, ugh, you know, that, oh, but I was far bigger and I only had a single shirt. Like, yeah, but I'm still making two people at the same time. Like, it's still hard work. It doesn't matter how small they are or if they're sitting yeah. in a way that they don't show, they're still in there very much so. It's not a competition, people. I was going to say, oh, isn't it amazing yeah. how vicious people are? And, they like, no matter which way round, you just you can't win. It's just mm, crazy, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah, so they were um, born at 35 weeks. Um, and, again, because of the growth restriction um, and also my baby twin girl, Mabel, um, she was starting to have some issues. So I was on quite a lot of scans to the end. Um, as both growth scans and also the Dopplers where they check cord flow and brain flow and a whole bunch of other things as well as in the last fortnight. I was on fortnightly, sorry, not fortnightly, every second day, um, CTG monitoring up at the hospital um, just to keep an eye on them because they were starting to do some strange things in there. Um, Mabel uh, was the presenting twin and she was just starting to show some scary effects on her brain which I think if I have it right that's when her brain is being prioritised as the most important thing and so other parts of her body like her tummy and other bits were starting to diminish because her body was just trying to preserve the brain to make sure that she was obviously still able to function Um, scary (laughs) yeah it it wasn't great um, my odds fantastic. She's been my like, yeah. for all three. Um, but how amazing is it though? Like, oh, it's incredible. Modern technology that they can pick that up and monitor you. I mean, yes, it's completely annoying for and interrupting your life to go to the hospital every other day to have it mm-hmm. scanned. But how lucky are we, seriously, that we oh, can it's do incredible. that? And that yeah. she made sure that whatever needed to be done she made sure that I understood exactly why and how it all worked and she would be ringing me at seven o'clock at night after I'd had a scan that day just to check that it had all been explained to me properly and understood she's amazing she's incredible yeah that's fantastic good honor she sleeps (laughs) she's pretty good um yes once it was decided that no this is getting too dicey we need to get Mabel out Teddy probably would have cooked for another allowed to um, but Mabel had to come out so of course they both had to go um, and so that was a uh, planned planned in a way cesarean but not not elective I would have liked to have tried a natural delivery um, but it was 
put to me that yes, I could try, uh, but the chances of Mabel, especially going into distress, were reasonably high, um, given that she was already struggling and compensating so much just being in there without labour, um, that it was best to do a cesarean to know that they were out safely and then they could deal with whatever they had to deal with once she was out. Absolutely. I mean, the health of the babies is always the most important. I know, I mean, I was the same. I'd love to have, have tried, but, you know, it, that wasn't it's to be. And yeah. yet I wasn't concerned at that stage. I was just yeah. worried about them coming out safely. Yeah, I just asked yeah. her, I said, what should I do? Please just tell me. <laughs> yeah. I just need to know. And she said, yeah, the safest thing to do yeah. is to have them both cesarean. So that's what we did. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com. So obviously quite alarming. The, the babies came out. What happened after that? So I'd been sort of told I could have them in the private hospital which I'd pre-booked in because they could take babies from 34 weeks Um, and I knew based on a friend's experience that had had her baby there that if they needed more help, if they needed things like ongoing CPAP or further interventions other than feeding tubes, uh, nasal oxygen or a few other things that they could do jaundice therapy and things like that there that they really couldn't cater to babies that were a bit more tiny. So they didn't have a NICU, it was just a special care nursery. Um, so because she'd had that experience, she was amazing. She'd spoken to me and said, look, if things go south, um, your baby, her baby had to get transferred. And so I sort of had that pre-knowledge that that was a possibility because that had never crossed my mind that the babies could go somewhere and I'd have to stay. Um, but... They came out, they were screaming, I was like, fantastic, they're breathing, first of all, that was the biggest thing, they're breathing on their own. Um, they needed a little bit of CPAP initially um, in the theatre, but they were breathing on their own within 10 or 15 minutes and they were doing really well. Um, so they went off to the special care nursery with my husband while I was being reassembled. Um, and then... Um, I was able to head down to them. So that was my biggest goal was to go and see them in the special care nursery. That's all I suppose any mother wants. Um, but I was very adamant with the nurses that I just want to go and see them. How long till I can go and see them? And I was a bit annoying to them, I'm sure. Um, but they managed to take me down at about 2 o'clock to go and see them in the afternoon. Um, and they were doing pretty well. Um, they just were small. So, of course, they're in incubators. And so Mabel was two kilos and Teddy was 2.1, which is actually bigger than what they're expecting. Um, but they were doing okay. So we spent some time with them. I got to hold Mabel, which was unexpected because usually they don't like to disturb them on that first day. Um, and then I went back to the room and we sort of had dinner, went to bed. It had been a big day, so I went to sleep. Um, and then the pediatrician knocked on the door and woke me up at four in the morning, which in hindsight is very unusual. <laughs> I just thought he was doing rounds, but no, in a private hospital, they're not usually there at four in the morning. Um, so he came in. Yeah. And, that would have um, been a bit of a scary moment had you have well, had I some was, kind of hindsight. Yeah. Oh, it was 
get it all. I was just like, oh, yeah. I don't know what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Do for you? Um, four in the morning. Oh, sorry. Yes, I was asleep. That's right. Come on in. I know. Yeah, it's just newborn life. I'm used to being woken up at weird hours of the day. This is fine. Um, okay. And so, um, Mabel's just doing some things. We'd like you to come down to the nursery um, to see her. She's just... Um, it was that her tummy was quite rigid. Her tummy was rigid. She hadn't kind of sat first two, um, and they were just not sure what she was up to. But I said, do you want to come down just and see her, and we'll chat a bit more once we're down there. So he headed back to the nursery. The nurse fetched the wheelchair and popped me in. Um, my legs were still a bit wonky. Um, and so got wheeled down, and then halfway down the corridor, they, um, that scary, horrible buzzer, that one that means that someone's doing something oh, no. <laughs> went off. But again, hindsight, I didn't know. I just thought, oh, someone's buzzing. That's interesting. Uh, so my nurse ran, um, and I didn't know where she was running to. Um, and then my husband spotted on the – there's like a big TV screen that tells you which room is buzzing, and it was the special care nursery. So he pushed me down the hallway, and we went, and they said, you can't come in right now. Mabel's having an episode, just wait. Oh, um, no. <laughs> yeah. So At she, least your husband was with you. Oh so he goodness. had spent the night there as he well. Stayed, thank goodness. I was just yeah. about to ask at what yeah. stage did you ring your husband and say, hey, come on in? No, he, with he, you. Stayed. Okay. he stayed that first night. He was only going to stay the first night um, and then go back to our son at home because uh, my yeah. mum was with Joseph. But yeah, he stayed. Um, thank goodness. So yeah, we, waited, we waited a hell of a little it felt like a long time um, and eventually they said it can come through what's happened is she's had an apnea event which is where she's stopped breathing um, and so they had to revive her um, I'm not sure exactly what that involved if that was CPR I don't, <laughs> I don't really want to know Yeah, um, but mm. she had to be revived um, and she was on the resuscitator cot which um, and had a bunch of doctors around her just and nurses trying to sort her out and so she had a few more of those events while we were there. Um, I was still a bit out of it, obviously pain medication and post-op and all that. I was a bit spacey, um, but my husband was very much aware of everything that was going on. He actually had to call the nurses over at one point because they were then trying to arrange the transfer for her to go to a more specialised nursery because they couldn't maintain her there if she was going to keep doing that. Um, so they... They were busy doing some bits and bobs, and I'm sure they were keeping an eye on her monitors and stuff, but she went purple right in front of my husband. Oh, my gosh. Which is traumatic as heck. (laughs) So, yeah, so she stopped eating again. Her monitors all went crazy. He yelled, uh, scared the bejesus out of me because I was just playing with her cute little baby foot. I was in another planet just going, oh, isn't she cute? Um, and he got them all over and they had to work on her again. Uh, that time we did see because it was right there. Um, but my husband ended up taking over to sit by Ted, that's our other baby by the way, Teddy. He does get a mention. <laughs> He's just less dramatic. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we went and sat by Ted because I think as well it was really confronting and mm. it was just a way to do something. that We couldn't help Mabel, but we could go and sit by Teddy. Um, so they sorted her out, got her stable. They did a whole bunch of different tests 
um, that they could do with heel pricks and things like that with blood tests and things. But in the meantime, they decided that she'd be going to the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, Mm -hmm. which from where we were at our private hospital was about an hour away. So she Mm. got bundled up into the Piper ambulance, which are amazing. Um, They came and got her pretty quickly and then took her and my husband followed in the car. And I stayed with Ted and they, the arrangement was that Mabel would go and do whatever she had to do at the Royal Children's to get well. And I'd stay at the private hospital with Teddy. So, yeah, from almost 24 hours after she was born, she was off on an adventure by herself to the other side of the city. Oh, how terrifying for you. Yeah, it wasn't. Especially if you're still, you know, as you said, you're still on... You're a bit high on all the medication. You can't yeah. walk fully, and you just I yeah. We we had a, a similar sort of thing. And I I feel you. I just kind of sat next to one of the babies and looked blankly around. Yeah. I think. Well, there's photos of me, and I'm smiling. <laughs> yeah. What's just wrong with me? Yeah. Yeah. Why am I Shocked. sitting by my baby who's really unwell, beaming like it's the happiest time? But like, I just I don't know. I wasn't on the same page as everybody else. Clearly, I understood that it was serious, but. I don't know, it was you know, it was a weird time, very strange. So how long were you um, then in hospital with Teddy before you were able to go and see Mabel or, um, yeah, get back? I mean, because I can't imagine it was, having to try and lie there at night and make yourself go to sleep and recover on yourself and not know what on earth is going on this hour away and not being able to be there. That just must have been, as you said, so surreal and difficult. Yeah. It was really hard. So... Thankfully, we sort of divided and conquered. My husband went with Abel and he didn't leave her side And for the first two days. He just sat by her bed and made sure she had someone with her. Um, his mum is in the city, so he ended up moving in with his mum for about three weeks just so that he wasn't having to drive back and forward the whole time. It was also during COVID lockdown, so there was some restriction issues with Um, Can I just add a bit of banner to the work? Just to add to the mix, yeah. Um, So he made sure he was always within her radius so he could never... I mean, I think he can get medical exemptions, but it was just easier for him to be in the city with her. I stayed with Teddy. I did get to go to her. It was really hard, though, because then there was that sort of back of your mind, if I go to one, what if the other goes downhill and I'm not there for them and there's no one sitting by Teddy? It was just, ugh. I didn't feel settled until we were home about three weeks later. I went to an all home, all under one roof. Mm. It was just this constant mum guilt of I'm with the wrong baby right now. I'm not with, yeah. I could, maybe I'm with the wrong one. Maybe I'm not supposed to be with this one. I'm supposed to be with that one. It was just, oh, it was very messy. And you've still got <laughs> yeah, one, at, you've still got one well, at home. Home, yeah. Yeah, so oh. Joe was a little trooper. He and mum, he's got a beautiful relationship with my mum. So he honestly had the best week. Like he went to the, like the all the different things that he'd wanted to do. He was he was hustle. Um Bless. Oh gosh. And he horses me. Um, but the babies, yeah, so it was sort of I think it was about four days after Mabel was born, or after the babies were born that I did go to her and get to sit with her. But again, COVID restrictions meant that it was one parent at a time in the NICU. So and I didn't see Mabel together until we were home. <laughs> it was bizarre. We, like, there was no one. Wow. I probably talked to the nurses far too much because there was no one to sit there and talk to. Her. He's now baby cute. 
um, made friends with some of the other mums in there. Um, but yeah, it was about four days, so I could manage to get in the car and travel without <laughs> crying, um, like from the physical sort of pain, and also making sure the painkillers were the right dose so that I wasn't falling asleep in the car. Like I wasn't driving, of course, but yeah, making sure that I could conscious and <laughs> focused and go to her. Um, so yeah, she was like a stranger at the start. I didn't. I was a bit worried that she wouldn't know me, or um, maybe we wouldn't be that close of a bond. But it's been fine. Obviously, that was a worry that I had in the moment, which has been a non-issue completely. Um, and so, when was Teddy discharged? So that he he actually had a longer stay then. But um, so he stayed on for eight, 19 days in the special care nursery. Um, just for feeding and growing. That's all he had. Yeah. He had one a couple of days under the lamp for jaundice, but he just needed to learn how to suck and put on weight and maintain his temp, just the normal uh, later term sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so he came home. Um, they came home together in the end. So Mabel actually got transferred back to uh, the private hospital. Oh, fabulous. Um, she wasn't a patient. She ended up being transferred back and immediately rooming in with me. So she was yeah. my little my little sidekick. Um, and they then came home two days later once we'd done some rooming in all together. Wow. Gosh. Gosh. So did they, did they end up telling you um, what was going on with Mabel? I mean, obviously in the process yeah. of stabilising her, did they end up giving her a diagnosis, a reason as to why yeah, she was going so through she, these episodes? She somehow, I don't know how, and whether it was in utero or immediately after birth, she ended up with meningitis. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Gosh. So she, by three days old, had had three lumbar punctures and all sorts of different testing and um, blood tests and uh, cranial ultrasounds and bits and bobs. Oh, oh they caught it super early. So she was on the really, really dry antibiotics. Um, almost right away, she had a uh, pick line, like a central line put in. Yeah. Um, and so that's why she had to stay for the two and a half weeks there because it was a two-week round of antibiotics and they just wanted to make sure she was good. Uh, mm-hmm. Thankfully, there's been no lasting effects. She's had the hearing test done because the um, antibiotics have a higher chance of deafness. Um, but she's passed every test they've given her. She's had brain ultrasounds and... Um, that's all been fine. She's, yeah, she's a totally normal, as you'd expect, 11-month-old. Wow. wow. I have to ask this. Did you, um, were you expressing or did you just go straight to formula? Yeah, so I was lucky enough to have an insane oversupply of milk um, and I did with Joey as well. The poor kid was drowned for the first few weeks of his life because he just had way too much milk. Um, but, yeah, so I was able to pump and send. They had uh, express milk from Day Dot. And so then, how did the milk get back and forth? Well, we had a little milk delivery system. <laughs> we had all these friends that were just transported across. Um, luckily, I was getting these crazy volumes quite quickly. Um, so I would be able to send a litre at a time to Mabel. And she was only drinking. She was on tummy rest for the first week. So she was on yeah. only fluids. Um, and so then once she did start drinking, her first feed was six mils. 
<laughs> she wasn't yeah. drinking great amounts just to see how she'd go. Um, and then actually that obviously ramped up to full feeds by the time she came home. Yeah, I was able to have friends who were saying, oh, I'm headed to the city for work. Do you want me to drop the milk in? Or um, uh, one of my mum's friends was visiting her mum in Bendigo. Do you want to send some with me? It was just, yeah, this little ferry system of dropping milk off and... Sure, she had actually yeah. yeah, wow. Because I was just sitting there thinking, my gosh, what a nightmare, another logistical nightmare. Mm. It was tricky um, and I don't know, in the moment we made it all work, but looking back, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, crazy. oh, what angels your friends are. Yeah, it was definitely a village pulling together to get the kids sorted. Oh, my mm. goodness. And everything's obviously gone relatively well to plan since. Um, mostly Teddy had a surgery along the way. He had a hernia, which is quite common for pretty boys. So he had a surgery at mm, 10 weeks old, but I guess like after so, Mabel did all she did and seeing the other babies. So Mabel was the most well baby on her ward and seeing other babies and how hard some of them have to fight to be here. I was like, oh, Tummy surgery, like a groin surgery, yeah, no big deal. It's keyhole, it's fine. Like by that point, I was a bit <laughs> numb to it all. I think. Wow. Um, whereas, like Mabel had neighbours that had had huge surgeries at a few days old. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it's it's really into perspective. It does, doesn't it? I mean, everyone's going through their own journey at the time, and it's just as important. But it's still looking back sometimes. Um, yeah, it, you you can count your blessings while also being completely freaking out. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> there was a lot of freaking out along the way. Oh, totally. Totally. Oh, my goodness. Incredible. Yeah, what like an I incredible said. story. Oh, thanks. Absolutely. Gosh, thank you so much for sharing yeah. that with us. And um, I really, truly hope that this birth of your <laughs> of your fourth child is, is as unicorn and textbook as, as your first child. Oh, I yeah. think hoping. I tell you what, I think I've just about done all the birth delivery modes you can possibly imagine. We're trying yeah. to get back this time, so we'll see. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We are going to do them all. Yeah, yeah, we'll just try them all. Why not? Oh, well, look, oh. thank you so much for joining us and sharing all your story. And um, I, I, we thought you were a hero just from uh, having almost going to be having four under four very soon. Um, but that story of your twins is, is is another thing again. So, look, we really appreciate how honest and open you've been. Not a problem. It's been lovely chatting to you guys. Thanks so much, Kate, for joining us. No worries. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au.